0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode. Um, Today, we're going to be talking about psychological criticism. In the last couple episodes, we covered a little bit of Marxist theory. One of the things about these different types of criticisms is they give you different ways of understanding what it is you're reading and getting more insight. And it also gives you ways of connecting what you're reading in a work of literature uh, with the real world. Uh, The Purpose of this is to not only get that understanding of the real world, but to kind of push you into research a little bit. When you come up with a theory about what you think something may be about, um, it's always a good idea to go through and do a little research and back up that theory. So we're going to talk about psychological criticism. One of the things that psychological criticism often does is looks at things from a linguistic point of view and talks about how language and psychology kind of have an interplay on each other. We're not really going to delve into that, because that tends to be something that you'd have to be more of a uh, a devoted fan of the literary theory. Uh, I'm more interested in giving people methods that can be used by... Uh, a person who's not necessarily wanting to become a literary theorist, but someone who wants to get a better understanding of what they're reading. So we're going to talk about three main ways of psychoanalyzing a text. One of the ways is to psychoanalyze the author. A literary text, a work of fiction, or poetry, is in some ways the waking dream of the author. Uh, A lot of the symbols they use, a lot of the things they use um, are intentional, but a lot of them are also unintentional and things that they're pulling out of their uh, subconscious. And so one of the things you can do when you're reading uh, a literary text is think about it as if it's the dream of the author. Um, There are certain things you can look at. Does the author seem to fixate on something? Are they uh, constantly going into the same theme over and over again? One of the things that, uh, if you're a fan of Pink Floyd, you may notice, is that in a lot of Pink Floyd's works with uh, Roger Waters, uh, there seem to keep coming back to the theme of the absent father, and the father who is uh, missing and this theme comes over over and over again in a lot of Roger Waters' works. So you could see how, you know, this real life occurrence, if you research his life, you find out his real father died in World War II, uh spills over into what he's writing. The other thing to think about when you're psychoanalyzing it from the perspective of the author is what does it say about an author who fixates on gloom and doom and hopelessness. You know, if every, every story, every poem is uh, bleak and hopeless, you know, what does that say about the psychological state of the author? Also, if the author seems to be heading down a path towards a certain idea, but refuses to acknowledge that idea, what is the author uh, avoiding? Another type of criticism you can do psychologically, which most people choose not to because it kind of forces you to look at your own skeletons, is to analyze your response to the work. You know, what does this say about you as the reader from your response to it? If it's a horribly gloomy story and there's no hope and everything is terrible, and this is the greatest story you've ever read, Uh, what does that say about you psychologically? Uh, As I said, many people choose to avoid that one. Uh, The other way you can look at this, the third way, is to look at the characters and think of them as if they are real. Um, One of the things you want to think about is do they seem to be a dynamic character or do they seem to be a character type? Now, if they seem to be just a type, and by that I mean they're the good guy, everything about them is good, or they're the bad guy, everything about them is bad, or the bad girl or the good girl, uh, then you would probably want to look at them in terms of Jungian ph- uh, psychology and look at the archetypes, because you're probably dealing with characters who represent certain types. Uh, if the characters seem to be much more dynamic, if they seem to have uh good characteristics and bad characteristics, and you get a lot more psychological development, uh, you might want to think of them more on the lines of uh, more traditional psychology or even uh, more modern psychology. For example, if you have a character who is constantly moving back and forth between moods, uh, you may be dealing with a character who is bipolar. One of the ways to test this hypothesis would be to research bipolar disorder, what are the signs, what are the symptoms, and see if your character does indeed seem to be going back and forth and following these symptoms. Um, So you would want to build a lot of evidence that this character is doing this uh, because they had one good day uh, where they're in an up mood and one bad day where they're in a down mood does not necessarily make them bipolar. But if they have a pattern of behavior throughout the poem, throughout the story, uh, throughout the movie, whatever it is you're analyzing, then there's a good chance that this might be what's going on. Now, what is the purpose of doing something like this? What does this help you with? Well, one of the things that it does for you is it gets you into... A better understanding of psychology. Partially, it will drive you into doing research, because you can't just come up with these things. I suppose you could, but you can't make a very convincing argument unless you've actually done a little research and looked into it. Um, the other thing it does is it can help you to understand why characters do certain things. You know, if you have a character that just uh, keeps being given opportunities to make things work, and they keep just uh, not accepting those opportunities, not not doing it. You know, why are they doing this? Um, could be that they have depression and they're self-sabotaging. So there's a lot more depth you can get out of reading literature when you start to look at it from these other perspectives. Uh, for example too, let uh, let's say you have a... Uh, a story where uh, there are no positive women in the story. Um, looking at Freudian psychology, you might say that the person had a problem with their mother, or vice versa. If there's no positive male characters, uh, the author or the character may have a problem with uh, the father figure. So there's a lot of things that go on in these in these stories, and. People may think, well, this seems a little odd to give characters uh, characteristics as if they were real human beings and think of them like they're real human beings. But one of the things that happens as an author is writing a character is for some reason at, at a certain point the character will start to come alive and start to do things. Um, and a lot of this has to do with the fact that even an auth- if, even if an author isn't a psychologist, they probably are an observer of human nature, and they've probably observed people in real life um, moving along these same behavior patterns. Uh, fiction uh does tend to imitate real life. We do tend to create things that are partially inspired from the things we've seen. You know, tying this into Uh, philosophy. In in epistemology, this would be a materialist. You know, all of our ideas that we have come from the real world. And the ideas we have are just recombinations of those ideas of things that we've noticed um, and seen. For example, if I say uh, imagine a polka dot elephant. You can imagine a polka dot elephant because you've seen polka dots and you've seen an elephant. And so it's just recombining things we've seen. And in stories where you have realistic characters, uh, characters that seem like they're someone you could meet in real life, you're going to find that the author tends to have a very good either conscious understanding of psychology or a very good uh, ability to observe psychology. One of the authors uh, that is very good at creating psychologically complex characters, is William Faulkner. In his novels The Sound and the Fury and As I Lay Dying, um, I taught those many times, and I often told my students, don't think of it as much about you're hearing a story, because there's not a whole lot of action that goes on in these novels. There's a few major events Uh, But 99% of what's going on is internal with the characters. So you're actually getting to know people. And Faulkner's characters have very different psychologies. Some of them are very um, broken. Some of them are uh, very selfish. Some of them are very uh, depressed. Some of them um, have absolutely no idea what uh, is going on in front of them. Case in point is the character Benji from The Sound and the Fury. Uh, Benji, if you were to think about his psychology, uh, the closest I've ever been able to come is he's probably someone who would be, if the story were written today, severely autistic. He has no ability to separate the past from the present. Uh, Something in the past that he remembers is just as real to him as what's going on in the present. He's also nonverbal. He's not able to communicate anything. Um, and so, if you research uh, severe autism, uh, you may find that uh, Benji's character does seem to have the traits of someone who is severely autistic. Now, this wasn't a diagnosis that existed when Faulkner wrote this. Um, but that doesn't mean autism was created as soon as the diagnosis was created. There would have been people that would have had it that Faulkner may have seen, had experience with, um, just not had that name to call it. Um, same thing with things like, you know, cancer, people have died from cancer for, you know, thousands of years. We've only had a diagnosis for it for a short amount of time. Doesn't mean that's what it was. That wasn't what it was. So When you're looking at things from a psychological perspective, it can help you to see uh, more of what's going on and why it's going on. It also, as you go through your daily life, um, if you have been doing this with works of literature, with films, with television shows... It can also, and researching to back it up, it can also give you some insight into the people you meet in real life and give you perhaps a better ability to empathize with those people. One of the things that is sometimes difficult to do is to empathize with someone who is very different uh, from what you are. Uh, but if you understand more about human psychology and uh, the way people process the world it can become easier to empathize and realize okay this person is just coming from a different place from where I am uh, in the next episode I will do a little bit more of a on psychological criticism uh, I'll actually uh, discuss a work uh, and kind of apply it to it the same way I did with Marxist criticism I hope you are all doing well, and I hope to talk to you all again soon.